Episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are staying safe and staying sane in these quarantine streets. So we are now in yet another week <laughs> of lockdown, and it's crazy, but I knew that this was gonna happen. I knew that once I saw in April they were, you know, shifting, you know, every I guess every time we were approaching the open date, like two weeks prior, the governor would shift it again. Right. And so everybody was amped and ready for May 15th to be the reopening date of New York City. And lo and behold, we are now pushed to June 6th. Now, personally speaking, I am I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. (laughs) to be very honest. Um, But I feel like it has to be done, right? We have to do what we need to do to stay safe in these streets, particularly since the little babies are sick now. Like there are reports of, I think we had like 15 kids that were sick with these Corona related viruses. And now there's 70, I think a couple of days ago, at least it went up to 73. There are children now dying from these COVID related illnesses. And it's crazy because I think the idea before was that uh, the children, you know, although they might have been carriers, they were not getting affected. They were not getting sick and let alone dying. And now we're seeing that children are dying. So it's it's getting crazy. And then on top of that, you know, the tracker jackers, as I call them, the um, the hornets, there's like the, these Asian hornets now that are, I guess, invading the United States, killing off the bee population. And apparently they're very um, I don't know if they're if they're quite deadly to humans, but they can be because apparently they have this very strong venom. So now we have. The, the Asian Hornets, a.k.a. Tracker Jackers. For those of you who watch or who are into Hunger Games, you'll know, you'll understand that reference and appreciate it. Um, and then the other day, my friend showed me an article about these humongous rats the size of cats that are starting to invade the inner cities because I guess when the restaurants were open, that was their source of food. But now that restaurants are not open, they are literally scaling people's homes and apparently they're cannibalistic. So we have to worry about Asian hornets. We have to worry about cat sized rats. Our little babies are dying. Um, it's truly something out of the apocalyptic movie. I don't know. Uh, Contagion. There's all these movies that I feel like predicted what was happening now. And we are truly living in some sort of universal pick. But, you know, even though we have all of that craziness going on in the world, I really hope that you guys are trying to find the silver lining in all of this and just try to be as positive as possible. And um, with hopes that one day we will get out of lockdown when that's going to be. I have no idea, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. As much as I hate having to really be in my house day in and day out, I'd rather be here safe and let, you know, the world figure out. A, a real reopening than to reopen 
you know, prematurely and create, you know, even more damage than there currently is. But either way, uh, today is Mother's Day. <laughs> so that is that is supposed to be a joyous occasion. So happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there, mother figures, those raising other people's kids, grandparents raising children um, that, you know, are not technically, I guess, theirs. But just happy Mother's Day to everyone out there or all the mothers out there, rather, all the women out there who are um, having an active role in rearing children. We appreciate you. I appreciate myself. I, I'm, t- I'm speaking as if I'm not a mother. <laughs> but um, I think that today, especially, I felt, you know, yesterday I was talking to my son and we were actually reminiscing on our Mother's Day traditions. Every year for the last seven years, we went to the farm on Adderling, which is this brunch spot, or it's a restaurant, but we only go there for brunch um, in Brooklyn. And we go every single year, just the two of us, we have our brunch and, you know, we kind of make a day out of it and then we go home. And I was like, wow, this is the first year that we are not going out to the farm to have our brunch. And, you know, it was it was kind of like, man, that kind of sucks because that was a thing that we've done. It was a tradition of ours. But, you know, it is what it is. And we still made the best out of the day. You know, we had breakfast this morning. Um, I decided that I was going to not wear pajamas for the eighth day straight. <laughs> so I actually put on a jumper. I untwisted my hair. I put on a little lipstick. I actually sprayed some perfume and I put my contacts on. So I although I have nowhere to go nowhere to go. Um, I just felt like, you know, I wanted to kind of do something for myself. I wanted to feel, you know, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, a little extra. It's Mother's Day. It's my day. So I kind of wanted to do something extra. And so that's what I did. But either way, long story short, happy Mother's Day to everyone out there um, who's, a, who's a mother or a mother figure. I keep saying everyone out there, but you guys know what I mean. Either way, happy Mother's Day. I hope you guys celebrated, um, you know, the best way you could, despite everything that's going on out there. It definitely is a day to be celebrated. Those of you who have not called your parent or your mothers yet, call them. Um, and for those of you who have lost your mothers um, or your mother figures, you know, it's, it's, it's still Mother's Day. Take this time, take this day as a day to remember them, to remember, you know, their spirit and how they made you feel and all the wonderful things um, about them. And for those of us who have strange relationships with our parents, you know, this is the first year that I've actually focused on um, the strained relationship with our mothers segment. Every year people are saying happy Mother's Day, you know, let's remember our, our, our lost, but People don't actually talk about, you know, the individuals who have strained relationships with their mothers. And so I've seen a lot of posts about this the last couple of days. So I also wanted to acknowledge those of us, because I'm in that category too, who have strained relationships with our mothers. You know, we're trying to do the best that we can, and especially with this COVID situation, we're realizing that life is short and that sometimes the things, you know, that we were holding on to, the grudges that we were holding on to, the pain that we were holding on to, might not be worth it in the end, right? With everything that's going on. And it's not easy to just let go. Trust me, I know. 
But it's baby steps, right? It's baby steps. And I think this is really the situation has really just changed a lot of our perspectives when it comes to our communications and our relationships. So for those of us who, you know, not really that tight with the mama, um, you know, happy, (laughs) happy Mother's Day. And let's find ways to do better. With that being said, um, today I have a really great guest by the name of Vladimir Charles Pierre. He is a real estate agent here uh, in New York City, and I've known him for quite some time now. And so he's going to get on the show and he's going to talk a little bit about New York City real estate in this time of COVID. What is real estate looking like right now? Some of us are thinking about buying, selling, and then some of us are wondering, eh, is it really a good time to do any of this, particularly in a pandemic? So Vladimir is going to talk to us a little bit about what he does and what the market really looks like. Should you buy? Should you sell? You know, he'll answer those questions for you. But before we get into our preliminaries, um, actually, no. I'm like all over the place. Before we get into the meat of the show, we are going to get into our preliminaries. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? I've been on fleek, Jalit. And it's going to be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So this week's Urban Dictionary Word of the Week, keeping in line with our theme, is COVIDiot. <laughs> so COVIDiot is relating to the 2020 COVID-19 virus, someone who ignores the warnings regarding public health or safety, a person who hoards goods, denying them from their neighbors. Example, did you see that COVIDiot with 300 rolls of toilet paper in his basket? That COVIDiot is hugging everyone she sees. So I I think it's safe to say that the toilet paper um, situation has resolved itself. I have not heard many people complain about the lack of toilet paper. In fact, I have seen toilet paper with my own eyes on shelves, but it looks like the new craze is baking goods. Everybody and their mother is a baker. Now they're baking bread, banana bread, muffins. So now you cannot find baking materials and ingredients in the stores. I swear. I mean, our society is something else. So now we have toilet paper, but now I couldn't bake a cookie even if my life depended on it because everybody is hoarding the baking supplies because everybody is baking, which is so weird. But I mean, I guess we got to do what we got to do, right? Everybody's trying to tap in. I guess what better time to finesse or to learn some cooking skills or baking skills than in a pandemic. So (laughs) I haven't heard anybody refer to anyone as a COVID idiot. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that nobody's really going to use this term, Um, but it's always interesting to see what um, Urban Dictionary, you know, has up their sleeves and what people are submitting. So that is the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. So this week, I'm not really going to go into the big ups because the big up of the week is pretty much the same. Um, It's been the same for the last couple of weeks. A good same. Don't get me wrong. 
but it's individuals that are getting together, you know, in the community, supplying food to those who are in need, supplying supplies to those who need. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the community getting together and really being human about our experience. So, I mean, that's been our big up. We've, we've honed in on some uh, local establishments. Um, we've uh, honed in on some uh, individual organizations that's been doing great things. Um, so that's going to continue. We're still giving a round of applause to all of the individuals and all the organizations who've been doing great things in our community. Um, however, today I kind of wanted to give, you know, or I guess to take a little moment of silence for some of our um some of our, I don't say heroes, but some of our legends that have lost us this week. So I was really touched by this. Little Richard, little Richard passed away. I think it might have been a couple of days ago. And I know that his music will obviously, um, you know, transcend the times. But it was really sad. You know, during this time, you know, we're already dealing with deaths of all these other people. But then when we have like our legend, our music legend uh, passing away like this, like it's also very it's also very sad. So I wanted to, you know, just kind of remember little Richard because I mean, at least for me, like I loved his music and he really, um, you know, did, I guess his music did a great job of kind of shaping black culture in my opinion. And the other person, this just had, I just got this news yesterday, Betty Wright, um, another uh, mogul, another songstress, another, um, here I here I am, I'm woman, hear me roar type individual that really also played a significant role in the music culture. And so she passed away as well, too. And then I heard there was there was somebody else that passed away, but I cannot remember. But those are the two that, you know, that I really was focused on because I was like, man, you know, obviously, they, you know, some of them, you know, Betty was only 66. Little Richard, I believe, was 87. Um, you know, they lived their life somewhat, obviously, you know people die it is what it is but it was just a little sad you know with everything that's going on right now that they passed away and also oh so I mean I love hip-hop and everything um and definitely this individual you know shaped um our culture as well too for some reason it hit me as hard as the other two but also Andre Harrell Andre Harrell passed away the other day and he was you know the founder of Uptown Records so those of you who are not necessarily into the hip-hop world may not know who the hell this guy is but those of you who are you know, knee deep in hip hop, understand that he was also a mogul. He was also a change maker. But it was just really sad that we had like, you know, in the span of a couple of days, really, maybe two days that, you know, these legends, you know, just kind of passed away. So I just want to take a moment of silence for them. Um, and also take a moment of silence to remember all those that we've lost during this COVID-19 situation. You know, I had a couple more friends who lost parents. So I definitely uh, want to send my heart filled regards and love to all my friends who lost parents um, and to just to, just to anybody really who lost um, loved ones. But I know that this uh, past week, one of my really, really close friends, one of my road dogs um, lost his father. So I definitely wanted to just take the time to. Um, you know, remember them and just to let everybody know that we, you know, at least myself and the team here at according to RP and WJ, WJMS radio, um, we're thinking about you guys and we you know we send our love um, and then we just hope that, you know, you guys are able to get through the best that you can um, these crazy, crazy, crazy times. 
So we're not going to do our womp womp of the week this week, um, only because I think we need a break. (laughs) We need a break from the womp womps. We need a break from the craziness that's going on in these streets. But what I will say um, is, I guess, another round of applause. You guys can tell that I'm really loving these sound effects. But a little another round of applause to all of you who were reposting, posting and just really getting involved in, you know, the crazy tragedy that took place. Um, I mean, apparently it took place a couple of months ago and we're all just hearing about it now. But the Ahmad Arbery uh, case, you know, a lot of you guys were posting, reposting and really just bringing this tragic tragic situation of yet another black man fallen victim to the hands of white people um, bringing that to the forefront this is a situation that took place in February and we are now in May and we are now finding out the details the general public is now um, being made aware of this murder that took place of a young man, 25 year old man who was just jogging in broad daylight in shorts and a t-shirt. And he was gunned down and hunted like a freaking deer by these two white males. Um, Thank God they have been arrested. They are now in police custody, but let's just hope that, justice prevails i know you guys are skeptical i'm skeptical too because george zimmerman is walking these streets so we've seen examples like this before and especially it being georgia and we already seen i've already witnessed this prosecutorial misconduct already taking place and there hasn't even been a trial yet um it doesn't look good but i think that if we as a community continue to hold um you know the system's Uh, I guess responsible and accountable Um, maybe hopefully this situation will turn out slightly different from the George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin case I don't know I could only continue to follow you know with the updates and follow up with the case Um, I could only hope that justice will truly be served um, in this case But with all that being said, we're moving on to uh, positivity and we are now going into the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Vladimir uh, Charles Pierre. I keep saying Pierre Charles because my last name is Pierre and I feel like I want us to be closer. (laughs) No, no, I I hear you. I hear you. I have no problem. I I know who you, I know you know who I am. Yeah. My brother from another mother. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time to be on this show. I know it's been a long time coming. We've been wanting to have you on here to talk particularly about your expertise in real estate. Yes, um, it's, it's an honor. Um, thank you again for having me. You're welcome. Uh, um, I, I'm, I mean, I want to applaud you for, you know, following your dreams. You always spoke about one thing. Guys, I respect about Rita. I know Rita for a long time is every time she said she wanted to do something and she put her mind to it, she did accomplish it. She wanted to do a podcast. She did it. She's doing very good. Um, you know, she wanted to become an attorney. Like she, she's no lie. This is what we call a strong um, black independent woman, um, you know, raising her, her son and everything. So I'm very, very proud of you on a personal and professional 
Thank you so much. Thank you. And and Vladimir has been a really great help too in, in me becoming, you know, what I was, you know, becoming. You were there when I needed help with Jediah, you and your wife, you would pick him up after school. So you trust me, I whenever I talk about you, I always make sure that people know that, you know, you're not just a friend, but you're like family. So so you know, definitely thank you again. Obviously, I'm always gonna thank you, but you know, sometimes it's good to do these things publicly. <laughs> Yes, I hear you. I, I hear you. It's it's better to show um your love when the person is present. You know, give the roses until like you know you don't want to tell the person pass away, and then that's when you start giving recognition. So. Exactly, exactly. So I want you to introduce yourself, you know, properly to the yeah. people. Let them know what you do. All right. So let me let me give you a little quick bio, Vlad. <laughs> I is um you know again my name is vladimir charles here young um haitian american i grew up in montreal canada so yes i know how to speak french and everything and <laughs> also and my body you know i have to let people know everything Shut so um uh we'll be talking about the market real estate um prior to me becoming a real estate i was a special ed teacher i did it for 12 years that field really helped me become more I am now dealing mm-hmm. with um, Down syndrome, all types of, you know, autism, um, every type of spectrum. I, it really, really helped me become who I am. It helped me um, be very, very patient with people, understanding their, their wants and needs. Uh, you know, after becoming a 12 year teacher, then I, you know, decided I always wanted to do real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became a realtor in 2012. So at that time, the market was funny. Also, but the market was starting to pick back up. But, you know, a lot of people are saying like, you know, it's a hard business for you to become. But I always say, if you love what you're doing and you love helping people and, you know, you believe in, in, in God, listen, I don't, I don't believe it. it mm-hmm. Anything you put your heart and mind to it, you're going to accomplish. I don't care what people say. They say, you got to believe in, your, in God first and then yourself second. And then you're definitely going to make, you know, your dream become a reality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, so currently what I do right now, you know, I, I, uh, last year I branched off. I, I work with, um, how to sell realty. That was my first real estate company Mm -hmm. that I worked with. My second real estate company, uh, was with Keller Williams, uh, learned a lot with both companies. And then last year I decided to branch out and open, uh, my own real estate company with um, a couple of partners. And, uh, what we, we opened a, like a financial center, we call it Linden financial center. Okay. It's located in Elmont. Uh, the exact address is 23819B, Linden Boulevard, Elmont, New York. It's not, it's, uh, let's say it's like three minutes, bef- three minutes away or five minutes away from Green Acres Mall if people are familiar. Okay. And then, so, you know, we, we provide um, services like, um, you know, we have a CPA on hand, um, you know, regular taxes, uh, mortgages, real estate in terms of selling, buying, investing. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we try to not try, we're doing our best to help the community and everything. And the name of the, of the business is, uh, the real estate business is called our community realty. Okay. And congratulations on starting that. I remember when you were putting that together, it was like, you know what? He's, he's a go-getter. I remember when you went into real estate too, I was just like, this is an interesting shift, but you've definitely been doing your thing these last several years. And now to see you, you know, come together and have your own um, real estate company, I definitely commend you for that too. Yes. I mean, b- before you even go into me, I just, 
couple of people I want to just say thank you to for always believing in me. You know, you, Rita, my family, uh, close friends. You know, there's so many people, but you know, I'm just going at, at a general base. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person I really want to say thank you to also is uh, my martial art instructor, also who always from day one always highly spoke of me, and it was one of the people that pushed me to. Um, go independently and another gentleman also you probably know him he's 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 on um social media he's big on social media now um daniel jean oh yeah uh, I think you introduced me to daniel years ago i yes. actually met him a couple of times um yeah you put me in contact with him years ago he came to my house and yeah. everything yeah so daniel daniel is i'm um, still friends with him um he's doing very good he's one of the people also who really you know pushed me because he's like Yo, he saw something about me in terms of entrepreneur so he was always the one pushing me to do um, certain things so you know everybody who has been supportive and those who who don't even know that you know who's been coming in my life randomly and giving me word of of wisdom and you know just want to thank those people also all right so real estate is your thing now and right now i mean as a realtor i guess i wanted to really kind of pick your brain as to what is actually going on in the in the New York State, New York City real estate world, particularly with this pandemic? Um, you know, we're hearing a lot of rumors. The housing market's going to crash. We're going to be able to buy homes for $100. <laughs> there's all these rumors in the streets, but then there's, there's rumors about, you know, uh, banks are not lending money anymore. So there's just so much stuff going on. And I know there's a lot of people listening who are... Uh, who are interested in purchasing either their first home or a rental property. But then there are also people who are interested in selling and they're kind of afraid as to whether or not it's the right move. So could you give us, you know, some, I guess, some understanding as to what, what should we, you know, what's going on right now and what should we expect? All right. So, you know, you have the news and you have other people doing it, but based on my experience and what's going on and what I realizing is, um, the pandemic did play a big role in the real estate market. What it did now is it slowed it down. It did not, it did not stop. It slowed it down. It's changing a lot of stuff in terms of mortgages, of how we approach business. So the, pen, the market, I'm, I'm saying, this is me, my opinion, that the market won't crash. It won't, what happened back in um, recession time when Bush was in office, um, that time when the market crashed, it won't happen like that. Even just to give a little bit of a topic, at that time when the market had crashed and I joined in real estate, mm-hmm. which was very interesting to me, is while the market was going down and there were some issues, people were still selling and rental properties were like rentals were going up. At one point, we were renting two bedrooms apartment on a thousand dollars. By the time, of, let's say we were renting it for a thousand in January, by the time it reached up to the summertime, it was already twelve twelve hundred. So it was going up rapidly so during this pandemic the difference with this pandemic right now but let's sort of stick on the rental side mm-hmm. is rentals rentals are still going but it's it's slowing like the prices did not drop it didn't go higher um it's just at a plateau now the there's a lot of people who lost their jobs or who not getting paid the same way so now landlords are a little bit um iffy but mm-hmm. they're still renting and the rent didn't go up but i think once um the government you know has that 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 law where everybody could return to work um, the market's gonna go right back up um, in terms of buyers 
a lot of buyers are calling me. A lot of buyers are very interested. Now that uh, I would say this generation and generation prior before us also are starting to understand um, becoming um, an owner, having some type of investment property. A lot of people are getting, uh, you know, are educating themselves. So mm-hmm. they're coming to us um, and they they want to buy. They're still banks are still lending. Okay. Um, the criterias have changed um, based on my knowledge. And again, if I'm if I'm wrong, again these things always change every day or every other day. They prior to that we were able to do loans for like if somebody had a credit score at five eighty, but their interest rate would be much much higher and different. There's different stuff that would come to you. Were still able to get a loan um, six twenty. You were still able, but now things certain things that change. Mm-hmm. Um, with the bank. So now they're saying, telling people like, you know, you have to have a credit score of 640. Um, again, things are changing. It's just now the banks are being a little bit more conservative. Yeah. Uh, but it, it didn't stop. People still lending. During, to tell the truth, during this pandemic, I was still putting deals in contract and my partner, the loan officer, he um, was still closing deals. And to this day, he's still closing deals. Okay. It's just the only thing is, it's just moving slow. But people are still, um, and on the seller side, people are calling, they want to sell their property. I say, if let's say Governor Cuomo say, hey, he lifts the banner and we could start doing business, let's say in June 15, by July 1st, I guarantee you this probably going to be hundreds of properties going to be on the market. Um, is it going to be a competitive market? Yes, it's going to be a very competitive market. It's not last summer, um, well, we're in spring, but last summer, from let's say from May all the way to August, there was this article that came out and say that real estate market um, just for, let's say for Nassau County went up between six to 8%. So market was going up rapidly and everything. So now it kind of stopped because of this whole pandemic. It it was at a plateau. So it's going to go back up. Um, Well, a lot of people are interested in selling their homes, but they're scared because of, whether or not they're going to receive market value, are they going to be able to receive above asking price, you know, because of everything that's going on? Like, what is, what is the, like, what exactly is happening with respect to the seller's market? Like, will sellers be able to get, you know, a good deal in terms of selling their home or should they just expect to get, you know, whatever the market value of their house is? All right. So that's, that's a great question. Um, I believe that, the owner, regardless of whatever market they are, if they price their property right, they will get they'll get the 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 price that they're looking for or above. Everything is based on strategy. Um, even during again, I'm going to refer a lot about the recession time when I first joined uh, real estate in 2012, mm-hmm. and you know prior to that, people were saying they was having issues, but there was a lot of people who were being very successful during that time because they priced their property right, and then. Mind you, it was true during the recession, there was a lot of people who purchased their property a little bit way too high. Um, again, there was a lot of corruption. Now, after that whole recession, you know, they came out with new laws. Um, the banking department changed a lot of stuff. So it's a little bit harder for people to just buy a house. Like, you know, if everybody's purchasing their house at 300 and then somebody else is like, you know, they're able to tell that their property is worth 500, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to do it. There's a lot of um, procedures that goes into it when, it when the property gets appraised with the bank. So 
in terms of sellers getting profit, yes. It, I mean, it's going to be, there's always the, the real answer to, is there a right time to sell? Mm-hmm. The right time to sell is when you know it's the time for you to sell. Okay. Because I could tell you, I could tell you the market is, this is the time for you to sell and you're not ready personally. Because you have to make that con- conscious decision that, look, listen, I want to sell my property. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do with the proceeds of the money. Like you have, you already came up with an idea. And then usually people who are not ready to sell because they're like, you know, even the market was ready and they're trying to, you know, we're trying to force them or do something. Mm-hmm. They were not ready to sell. So I don't believe in forcing people anyway. So if you had the conversation and you knew you wanted to sell, you're going to sell regardless of whatever the market is. Um, in terms of this, uh, we're talking about Corona. It's a good time to sell. Banks are, are, are still lending. Buyers are more motivated to purchase because of what's going on. So now um, due to the rental market, uh, people are realizing like, listen, I have to own something because, you know, all the money I've been putting in the landlord's pocket when it's, when it's time for it to renew the lease or, you know, I can't renew my lease. I have to leave those four years, two years, that money's not coming back with me. So now a lot of, you know, a lot of people are being proactive with the investment part. So sellers should be able to sell. I believe they should be able to get their, 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 their money's worth. So I, I would say like the average property for a single family in Brooklyn and Queens is at five fifty. So depending again on the condition of the property, there's a lot of that case factor. But if we're pricing it correctly, there's always there's always going to be some seller. It always says like there's a stats um, when I do consultation. There's always a graph that I show seller. If you price ten percent above market value, right? They're saying like maybe fifteen percent of people are going to look at it. If you price it at market value, you have like a 50% chance of people looking at it. And if you price it um, 10 to 15% per- 10 to 15% under market value, you're happy. You have a big uh, percentage of like around 70%. Like the percentage changed a little bit, but the last um, after um, 70% or more. And the, you, you end up getting more than what you're asking for because it becomes a bidding reward. So for instance, if you know that in the area of the property, you have a three bedroom and you know, and two baths and the properties and areas being worth 500, but you renovated the place. It's in good condition. Everything is nice. And the last, the last three properties were sold at 500, but you come in and you price it at 475. It's going to be, it's going to create a bidding war because everybody's like, yo, this house was sold. This house didn't work. It was sold for 500, but this house is in very good condition. It looks very good. I don't want to lose this property because I know, these three last properties were sold for 500, so I'm not losing anything. So it's again, it's all about um, strategies and how to um, sell your property. If the seller hires the, the right um, real estate salesperson, mm-hmm. uh, he'll, he'll, he or she or them will, will, will get the price that they're looking for. Okay. Yeah, I think that's important to know because I know I've heard of a lot of, you know, individuals who are interested in selling, like they were thinking about selling even before the pandemic hit. But now with, you know, all of these rumors in the streets, people are just a little apprehensive as to whether or not, you know, if they go forward with selling their home, is it even worth it? You know, are they going to end up being under um, because of the economy and what's going on. But I, I guess, it, it, you know, you're right. People need to kind of 
you know, what is their goal? They need to have an understanding of what is their goal for selling this property. And I think that by understanding what their goal is, what they're looking to do, that will help better make, you know, I guess give them a better sense of, you know, whether or not they should sell or not. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And, and, and when it comes to selling or, or, or buying the real, the real issue with what's going on right now, it's not even the purchasing part or the selling part. It's really more like if I come in contact with this person, will I be sick? Mm-hmm. True. That, that, that's more like, for instance, there's, we're still getting um, listings. We're still, um, people are still calling us. The only, their main concern is, um, how can I show? Cause I don't want to get sick or such and such. Like it, it's, it, it never been with my experience. And I've been talking to a lot of people. It never been like, Oh, is the market? It's basically like, what are the safety um, procedures that we can do for me to sell my property? So I don't get sick. Mm-hmm. That that's what's, that's what's going on. Um, again, like I said, banks are still lending. Um, banks are still closing. Um, I always like to use that terminology. Like I used to like to use um, like the franchise, the big franchises, McDonald's or whatever. Like McDonald's always going to find a way to sell um, their, their, their product. It's not about, um, you know, because they're big multi billion dollar company that, you know, it's again, everything comes to a strategy. Mm-hmm. If you find, you find the strategy, you, you will succeed. Regardless if you're a big or small company, um, there's always a way for you to adapt to whatever, Thing that's going on during the environment. For instance, what's being popular, what's being very, very popular now is what we're doing right now. Uh, Zoom is very popular. We're doing trainings on Zoom. We're, we're doing virtual tours on Zoom. We're doing consultations on Zoom. Like there's going to be a lot of um, streaming when it comes to real estate. So now, you know, virtual tours is going to be very popular. So it, it won't stop the market. It's just the market will adapt on what's going on. So now, you know, now that everybody's always is working remotely from home, there's new ways to do certain things. So it wouldn't stop. I don't believe it would stop the market itself in terms of like the, the market is going to crash and everything. I just feel like people are just putting fear in people just to say that. And those who are saying that, and again, this is my opinion, those are, those are the ones who's going to run after the properties because nobody's selling it and they're going to be buying the big bulk. And, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, what happened? I thought we couldn't buy it. And they're buying like, you know, five, 10 properties while everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen. Everything. Um, vice versa on the purchase side. Also, they always ask is when is the right time to purchase? Um, again, that also there's something that you have to sit down, speak to the loan officer, look at your numbers. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, um, at that time, property values were, were not much, but for instance, um, when I purchased my property, uh, being qualified for five hundred thousand or no, five hundred and fifty thousand, I could put, I could purchase a huge house, and the, the interest rates were okay. But because of, um, you know, personal stuff and you know what, what we could afford, it was like, listen, even though our numbers say we could afford a house for half a million, we don't want to pay half a million due to we're sending kids to school, we're doing other stuff, so we feel more comfortable purchasing a property at between 350 to 400. So again, it's all about knowing your numbers. Once you know your numbers, you know what you, you feel comfortable paying. And again, it has to be realistic of what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely know when to, when to purchase. You'll definitely, definitely know when to purchase. 
So it sounds like people also have to kind of do their research too. It can't just be, you know, something that's just spur the moment. I want to do this. Like they kind of have to do a little bit of research as to what's going on just to, you know, make sure that they one have an understanding, but two really protect themselves from, you know, from what, you know, may or may not happen, especially in this time. Correct. I, I, I usually, when I sit down, I always do a consultation prior to taking anybody out to go, see your property or selling their, their, their property. Uh, it's very important to, especially let's say if we're talking about the person who's purchasing a property, it's very important. A lot of people say, hey, I can afford this property. I'm making $120,000. Great, you're making $120,000, but um, what is your credit score? What is your debt to income ratio? So if you're somebody who's making six figure, but your debt to income ratio, um, let's say you have, in total with, with student loans, cars, whatever it is, your your total is worth maybe sixty, seventy thousand. Technically you're not you're not worth the hundred and twenty that you're making because mm-hmm. of the debts that you have. So now you're you now you, to be honest, your salary is sixty thousand or, or or fifty thousand because of your debt and what's going on. You understand? So there's a lot of stuff that plays factors. So now this is where you would have I recommend before anybody goes out there to go purchase a property to sit down with a loan officer. They could go with their local loan officer or they could go to somebody that um, that is referred to them or they could go um, see a local um, real estate salesperson and the, the agent could probably refer them to a loan officer. And once they sit down with the loan officer, go over everything, credit score, debt to income ratio, income, looking at their assets to see what's going on, then they'll be able to make an educated decision on whether they're ready to purchase a property now or they want to purchase a property six months down the line or a year from now. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned something um, not too long ago about credit score. And so at this point, like how important is credit score right now? Again, you know, we're in this pandemic, we're, you know, going through this coronavirus situation. We're hearing a lot of rumors again about, you know, you, you you can have a 300 credit score now and purchase a house. But then on the other, on the other side, I've heard that, you know, a lot of banks are asking for 700 credit score. So how important is credit scores right now or credit in general? Okay. So I, I, I'm big on going to the source. So the, he and she says, I don't, I don't like that. Um, every bank has different programs. Every banks are, are, are different. There's a, there's a standard credit score that they have, but you know certain banks are able to you know negotiate and see it, what they could do. But again, your interest rate would be much, much higher. Um, again, whoever told you that you know three hundred, no, there's there's a um, bottom line. I, I believe back then it used to be the lowest that you could do is five eighty, mm-hmm. and but your down payment is much bigger and your interest rate is much more. Um, and there are other other programs that the loan officer will go into with you um where you know you have to show you know bank statements and you know you don't need to show your income but they have to see some type of money coming in and everything usually those are more for like um self-employed people who have businesses who it's a little bit hard to show their income so there's different programs to do certain things so again i would i would definitely say to speak to a loan officer when it comes to that um back to what you were asking the credit score is very important very 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 important during this pandemic time, I strongly recommend everybody to start focusing in, on fixing their credits. Okay. The reason why I say that, because, you know, when during 
the time where everybody was what we used to call normal, going out, eating, having fun, paying bills. We never took the time to really like it. We were always doing something. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like we had to do something. Now that the pandemic kind of slowed down everybody and everybody has to stay home, um, enjoy time with the family, learning about themselves. Um, this is where you start realizing, hey, I was spending way much than what I needed. Because mm-hmm. right now you could be at home. Like there's certain, unfortunately, certain people who did lose their jobs. Um, we're not talking about them because, you know, they can't. But those who still working remotely from home and there's some type of income, you'll see that you didn't need to use all of this. Like you're saving money. You're not going out anymore. So I would recommend to like pay their credits down on um, their um, credit cards or whatever debt loan that they have to bring it down. Because the credit score is very, very important. The better your credit score is, the better interest rate that um, you can get. Like, I understand like a fair credit is like, you know, between six to 650. Mm-hmm. But, and again, if you could have your credit up to seven and more, like it's, it's much better for you. It, it's, you know, you get better interest rate. You could shop around. You could see different loan officers, what banks are, what programs are they giving. Because it, it's a big difference from somebody um, purchasing a house for 500 and their interest rate is at 4.5 and somebody who's purchasing a property at 500, but the interest rate is at 3.5. Okay. Like, there's a big, big, big difference into that. So I, I strongly suggest to, you know, understand credit. Prior to that, we didn't really understand, and especially in our community, um, credit was not something that was very important to um, I would say Haitian community based on my realizing their, their goal was like, okay, let me work. Don't let me get a credit card. Let me pay it on time. And they didn't really understand the credit. It was just have it just to have it and go do it and then just purchase, 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 purchase. Um, and never, never really looked into credit. As soon as they had the house and they start working 10, 10 jobs, turns out their credit was bad. They didn't really care. Um, now that we're realizing that credit is very important everywhere you go, they ask you about your credit. You're getting an, you're getting insurance. Um, you want to get a discount? They ask you about your credit. You go to school. They, so your credit is very important. Like credit is open doors to so many things. So I, I, I strongly, you know, strongly suggest that everybody focus on their credits um, to help them get, uh, you know, whatever loan they're applying for. If it's to purchase a property, a car, whatever, your credit is very, very important. Yeah. And I actually tend to agree with that too. Um, I mean, I think that even though we're in a pan in, in the pandemic, credit is still king. Um, I mean, although they say cash is king too, but I think there's just so many conflicting um I guess, ideologies right now with respect to what is more important. There are a lot of people saying that cash is actually more important, you know, as, you know, try to be more liquid, you know, pay the minimum amount of payments for your credit just to make sure you're not delinquent, but make sure that you're holding on to your cash because you don't know what might happen. Um, But I think that if people are, you know, planning. And, and I guess the, we, we're really talking to those people who are in the position to do so. So those individuals who are still working, are, are still getting their paycheck, are still able to pay, you know, their bills at, just as if it was before the pandemic, that, um, you know, if, if purchasing a property is something that you're wanting to do, as you know, during the pandemic or as soon as it's over, which I, I know a lot of individuals are waiting um, to purchase then working on your credit right now, like you said, I think is a good idea because 
I mean, I know for myself, even though I'm, I'm currently furloughed, but I know that looking at just the way that I'm spending now, um, I was just like, wow, how was I living before? <laughs> like, you know, you're not spending money on Ubers, going out, you're not buying unnecessary things. And so you're able, even though I'm not getting much, but I'm still able to make a, a decent saving. So I think to your point- that, you know, focusing on, like, we can't just let credit go just because we're in a pandemic. Yes. That, 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 I mean, this is the time for you to really take care of um, everything, you know, family, friends, credit, any, everything that's valuable in this, in, in this world to really move forward and, 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 you know, succeed. I think this is what you should be really focused on. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all of that, like you said, is, is just really important at, at this time to just kind of, again, if you're in a position to do so, to just, you know, f- focus on the credit. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is not going to last forever, right? Even though the normal might look different, we're still going to be, we're still going to be resuming business somewhat as usual. You know, people are going to ha- are, are going to go back to work at some point. When I don't know, but life is going to continue at some point. And so you don't want to just, you know, come out of the pandemic, you know, with all of this debt, um with all of these delinquencies. And again, these are for the people who are able to because I know if you're not able to work, um, you know, you can call your companies and see what they can do for you. But I know a lot of people who are still getting a full paycheck. Their industry has not been impacted, but they are not paying the bills. They are not working on their credit. You know, they're just kind of taking advantage in a sense of the pandemic to not do any of these things. And I think that that could be very dangerous for them, especially if they're going to want to be in yes. property after this. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that, that, that's, that's very true. And then, and then, it, it, it only doesn't stop also for those who want to purchase. Uh, also, those who want to sell also, because sometimes uh, selling their property and relocating somewhere, sometimes they might not have, based on their sale, the proceeds that they receive, they won't be able to purchase the other house or cash. So uh, they're going to, you know, whatever proceeds that they have, they're going to use it towards um, that other house. So them also sellers... I think you should also get get your house, I mean, get your stuff in order also, not thinking because, okay, I have a property, if I, you know, once I sell everything, them also have to be on top of their credit, on mm-hmm. top of their payments, because um, if it's a, if they have to do a two, two-way process, sell their property to purchase another one, they're still going to have to go through also to do the whole um, pre-qualification process, looking at their assets and, um, you know, their employment and all that stuff. So they definitely also have to keep their stuff in order and make sure that their credit is very good. Um, credit is very important. Um, to go back, you had said, like a lot of people say cash is king. Uh, again, this is something where you would have to, I you know, if people are talking about cash and credit, to take a course on on financing and investment because mm-hmm. it's all de- it all depends on how you utilize it. Certain areas, credit is more important than cash. In other ways, um, cash is more important. So, for instance, like I'm dealing, I deal with a lot of investors. I you know I do a lot of stuff like that. There's some investors that I know that have a million dollar and they won't use the million dollar. They'll probably use out of the million dollar, maybe five hundred thousand, and then take the loan out, which they use it as leverage because they don't want all their money to be tied in. Mm. So they and so they have to use that cash and do other stuff. So again, and you know, their credit plays a factor. Sometimes they don't have credit, so they have to put a bigger down payment. But 
there's ways to to do certain things but again is you have to whatever you're planning to do i strongly said to do your research on it ask questions um because again depending on what you're doing you could use credit as king or cash as king it's all about how you utilize it but for um our specific conversation of those who just buying regular people um trying to buy a regular house you know start their family and everything uh, you know make sure that your credit is is good make sure that you know you've been employed for at least two years at your job um there's different programs there's some people who just started a job uh, a year ago you know uh depending on the banks is there there's some of them who are willing to accommodate you being on the job for a year but the standard they always ask you for two years of um w2 and tax return to make sure that you was on the job for like you know 24 months but again depending on certain banks they're able to do certain things um especially like so sometimes you know um students who just graduated from college there's programs for them also they don't have to be in, at work for a year they just have to show proof that they just graduated from school and what would their income be and everything there's, there's different programs for that so don't don't use it as okay i just graduated i don't have that it's Basically, we have to do research. We like to, our community loves to, you know, listen to he or she said stuff and yeah, not really do no research. <laughs> we don't like doing research. If it can make it as easy as possible, that's what they do. And I try to explain to a lot of people, it's not because Rita purchased her property this way, that means it's going to work for you. Every scenario is different. Because mm. I always tell people like, listen, you come in and you're making, um, six figure just as well as this person you guys have the same amount of um income um your assets are kind of similar but when it comes down to debts and other stuff you know it could play uh, uh, a factor like you know somebody had a car that was repossessed six months ago but their credit was still okay it might play a factor in their stuff so there's there's, there's a lot of variables at play so you know it's, it's best to always like i said before you start purchasing something sit down with a loan officer to go over your numbers. Mm. Now you had mentioned, uh, you know, pro- some programs here and there that people may or, or may not be eligible. So I know that there are these, you know, first time home owner programs, and then there are state, you know, programs where people who are either first time home owners, or even if, you know, you're a second time homeowner, that there are certain programs for individuals. Now, with the current state of the economy, um, are the state and local governments still providing funding for these types of programs? So, you know, if I'm if I'm a first time homeowner, is that program still available for me during this pandemic? De- depending on the um, financial institution that you're using, not ev- it. Prior to that, I, I would say when you know the recession had died and Obama came into office, there was a lot of on private companies that are doing grants and all that stuff, but those stuff died. So now it's, it's um, all the grants I've been seeing is with um, banks. Not a lot of banks are providing grants. Um, and then some, certain grants, you have certain um, certain requirements for you to be qualified for the grants. So, you know, you can't have a certain amount of income or your credit has to be a certain way you, or you can't purchase in a certain, um, like for instance, they might say you only can purchase in the city. You can't purchase in Nassau. Nassau or Suffolk County. Mm-hmm. So there's this different stuff. It, it's really speaking to um, the bank to see if they have some type of uh, program. Well, now, a lot of people like to say, hey, I'm a first-time home buyer. I hear programs there. And people kind of, 
run with it and try to, here's the thing. When you're purchasing a property, it is recommended for you to put 20% down. Mm-hmm. Now, in the real world, who has 20% down? Because especially in New York, rents, uh, rents are a million dollars. Houses are, are $2 billion. I'm just, you know, yeah. exaggerating, but just to show how things yeah. are very expensive. So um, they decided to, hey, not only in New York, but other states also, but they decided to say, hey, because this is your first time purchasing your property, you do not need to put 20% out. We, we, will, we will cut you some slack. You'll need to put at least 3.5% down. Or if you're doing a different, if there's two types of, if you have this different types of loans, but um, certain loans, like for instance, FHA, the lowest that you can put down as down payment is 3.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, when, it, when it comes to a conventional loan, the lowest that you could do is 3%. Again, speak with your loan officers because every bank is a little bit different, but these are like the basics that's going on. So this is what comes on, like, you know, if I'm purchasing my house for the first time, <clears throat> um, I could put less than 20% down. This is those are the perks of um, purchasing your property for the first time, and there's other other grants that might be there that to, you know to help you. But there's not a lot of grants, like I said. Um, there's other stuff that you could ask also, which is called a lender's credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you could ask your loan officer, um, does their bank give some type of lender's credit? But again, you have to see because every you know when they're giving something, they're taking something also. So it's not like just like okay, hey, I'm giving you this. There's always something that they're taking. So just make sure that, you know, you speak to your loan officer, see what's going on. Um, what can they do to help you with the um, down payment and closing cost assistance? And if they can, they can. If they can't, I don't think you guys should, I don't think people should stop from there. Um, again, there's not a lot of banks that's providing these. Uh, um, they, they are, I mean, but if you shop around, there's always, there's always a small company or something that's always doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, again, it's uh, it's up to you. A lot of these grants, like for instance, there was a there was a bank that was giving it grants. Their grants were, um, I don't want to say no names and everything, but their grants were given between ten to twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. But here was the catch: your interest. So if let's say the norm, the 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 interest rates for for today was at four percent, because they're giving you a grant between ten to twenty thousand, your interest rate was probably at five percent. Okay. So there's always certain things. Again, you just have to know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Um, um, another thing that I know, stuff that they always ask, oh, uh, um, what is the interest rate? All right. Now, real estate salespersons or brokers are not allowed to speak about rates. I would just want to nip it in the butt so people understand we're not allowed to start because we're not licensed loan officers. We don't know nothing about rates. We might have an idea, but it's not it. I mean, the same way where we go get it, our information, um, everybody can go go on Google, type in what is the interest rates for today. And again, you'll see it's a government thing that, you know, it fluctuates. Today could be at 3.1, tomorrow it might be at 4.2. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm just giving random numbers, but again, it ne- the numbers are never the same. Okay. So... Um, it, again, the, the numbers, the rates go also with the stock market. Whatever the stock market is doing, you know, everything is always based around those stuff. So um, real estate people do not know about um, interest rate. They have an idea. Uh, the rates place, and then a lot of people say, what, what would I get as a, as a rate? Again, licensed real estate 
salesperson and brokers do not know what rate can you get. Um, because again, we're not licensed for that. Two, um, just that there's a lot of variables that play into it. Your your credit, your credit score plays to it. The amount that you're buying your house plays a factor into it. There's so many stuff that that plays into to um your interest rate. Mm-hmm. This is so many things. So this is when you really have to sit down, speak to your loan officer on what's going on. And even certain certain loan officers can only tell you what's going on for today. But let's say you it, it took you two months to purchase your property, you know, um, your interest rate might be different. It might be a little bit higher or it might be a little bit lower. So again, everything is not concrete. Sometimes you might see certain people and say, hey, I went there, I was able to get a loan. And my interest rate was at 3.5%. Um, maybe you want you like it that and you told the loan officer to lock it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a term to lock it, so they'll lock it for the time that you need. But again, you have a certain amount of time for you to purchase your property. Certain loan officers don't like to lock it in because sometimes if you lock it in and if, let's say, the interest rate went down, you won't be able to get that interest rate that went down because you locked it in already at 3.5. So again, there's, there's, there's a little, little stuff here and there what, what goes on. So, um, for you to really have a, uh, no, you really want to be like, you know, want to know what your interest rate is, focus on your credit, mm-hmm. focus on your credit. If you focus on your credit, I can tell you that your interest rate is going to be um, better than, so somebody who's at 620 and you're at 720, you're in, your, your interest rate is going to be much better than the major stuff that you need to play is make sure that, you know, you have, uh, that you have an appointment that your credit is okay and you have some, some assets. And then when you have those three, you know, that's, that's already a start. And then, you know, the other stuff is managing your debt and other, other, other stuff also, you know, like what area you're, you're planning to purchase, what type of home you plan to purchase. So there's, there's a couple of things, you know, that'll pay. But the most really important that I would say when it comes to real estate, when you're purchasing, you know, your, your job, your credit, your assets, and then your debt, your debt, okay. and then little stuff, little, little by the AP. And purchasing, another thing also in purchasing, like once, let's say everything was going right, credit, um, job, assets, debt. Uh, another thing that I strongly recommend also is to have the purchaser know where, where they want to purchase, what is the market value in that area, Mm-hmm. And to be realistic, because sometimes people are qualified for five hundred thousand, but they want to be in an area where the properties are worth a million dollars. So you know, it has you have to be realistic. Um, in terms of our market, the way it works, I usually tell people, and again, this is all about um, preferences. But I usually tell people, hey, when you're purchasing a property, remove out of your mind that you're doing a personal thing. It's no longer personal. This is an investment. This is what they call an investment. So now you become a business person. So you're no longer doing a personal thing, but a business transaction. So mm-hmm. now, because you're investing, so now you have to look at the pros and cons of how you're doing it. So now I usually tell, when I do a consultation is, hey, in the neighborhood that I'm purchasing, is there a lot of people buying? One. Two, is, is it easy for, for me to um, resell, God forbid something, how fast is the property values going up in that neighborhood? Now, if you're talking about Brooklyn, wherever you go in Brooklyn, it doesn't matter now. Property values are going up like crazy. 
No, I think that's really important. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't keep that into consideration when they're thinking about buying. They're just like, oh, I want to go to this area, but they have no idea what the market value is in that area. They don't have any idea of what it, you know, what it really takes to get a home in that area and they get surprised and they get discouraged and all sorts of stuff. So I think that, that that's also part of the research that for some reason our community does not like to do. <laughs> no, they don't. And then um, this is a little bit, it gets into personal, but I think this will be a different type of topic, um, justification, but people talk about it. I am not against it and I'm not for it, but I understand it. Um, and I, I feel like our people could have done better when it came to investing in our own properties. I understand there was a lot of stuff that was going on, but I feel like there's a lot of excuses that we made to, to, to keep ourselves back. And then when another race or whatever government comes in and do what they have to do and people are coming in and purchasing, now we're getting upset. But the opportunity was always there, but we didn't believe in our own community or such and such. So at that time, myself, when East Flatbush, Downtown Brooklyn, and just a quick and um, Old Mill Basin, those areas. When those areas were being popular and everything, and they started building uh, the Barclays Center, I mm-hmm. told everybody, hey, when you're purchasing, believe me, let's start purchasing in Brownsville and East New York. Because what happens is once they build um, the Barclays Center, what it tends is you have to look at the major highways, the connections. Jackie Robinson, People are coming from Queens, Long Island. The Bell Parkway, everybody's coming from Queens, Long Island. So they have to enter through East New York, go through Brownsville. Um, like, you know, they have to go through this, those areas. And then, you know, they, they have the BQE, they're coming from other areas also. Um, Manhattan, they're coming for like, so all these areas that was, you know, with the high crime rate, when people will come in, Brooklyn has a beautiful um, architectural design. Like, it doesn't matter if you're in Brownsville, if you're in, it's that it's just Brooklyn is just nice. Looking at the properties, the bricks, the brownstone, mm-hmm. there's a lot of culture in there. It's nice. So now when people when people were coming in and they're like, oh, I said, what they people don't go by in the most experienced area. They go by in the most cheapest area to bring those areas up. And yeah. then when it gets popular, that's when everybody starts coming in and they want to do it. So now what the investors did, they start going in. So everybody that I put in the property in East New York and Brownsville, till this day, they still say thank you for making me realize this because now they have. Two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars of equity on their property when people didn't believe when I was selling them to purchase again because we didn't have the mindset. And then I don't blame them also because real estate is a uh, was a cutthroat, funny business, and people were getting scammed left and right. Yeah, prior for me business, so it, I understood where they were coming from. They were afraid there was a lot of scam, but the government kind of like you no. Know, put those people into prison, remove their licenses. So, so there's a lot of stuff that, you know, until this day, they're still working on it to even make it better. Mm-hmm. But um, right now, Brooklyn is just crazy. Like for who would have thought East New York, now property value, the average is between 500 to 550. Yeah. When in the 90s, you could purchase a property in the 90s um, for 63000 and, and, and just, it's just crazy. Like, you know, real estate is always one. I say real estate is one of the businesses, like, you know, stock and real estate is the heart of a lot of businesses. So 
Okay, cool. So now how would we be able to get in contact with you or with the agency, you know, if we're interested in either purchasing or selling a property? So um, the best way to contact me is, again, it's my, it's my mobile. I'm going, uh, I'll, I'll be giving out the office and my cell phone number also. Okay. Um, once you contact that, then we know we'll, we'll, we'll send because once you call us, then we'll direct it to whatever you want to do. Either if you wanted to speak to a CPA, we'll direct it to the CPA. If you wanted to speak with a loan officer, we'll direct it to the loan officer. So, um, the, where we're located again in Elmont. So the address is 238-19 Linden Boulevard, uh, zip code 11003. And the office number is 516. 516- Seven eight seven three two nine two again five one six seven eight seven three two nine two that's the um office number and my cell phone number is three four seven five three three zero two one five three four seven five three three zero two one five and you know some you know the millennials like to text and everything so you yeah. can text me I'm good and Info, info, well, no, I can't say a million. Everybody adapted to the millennials way, so everybody likes to text now. Um, and if you're somebody who's big on email, uh, our company email is info at homes by OCR. Again, info, I N F O at homes, H O N E S by B Y O C R dot com. Okay, and what about for the people who stay? on the social media? Do you have an Instagram page? Because some people might say, oh, that's fine, but can I slide up in a DM? Yes. Um, so again, I'm learning this. I'm, I'm still <laughs> like a dinosaur. I'm still learning this um, this thing. So if you're, if you're searching for um, our company and on Facebook, so basically it's Our Community Realty okay. on Facebook. Uh, on um, my personal Facebook page is Vladimir Charles-Pierre. Um, so once you type in my full name, you'll see I'll, I'll come up on Facebook. On Instagram, the, comp- the company's Instagram IG is homes underscore by underscore OCR. So I'm going to repeat it again. It's homes underscore by underscore OCR. So that's the company's um, IG. And my personal IG is your underscore favorite underscore realtor. So your is you are, because they didn't, I guess somebody, somebody stole my idea, my specific <laughs> name. I couldn't use Y-O-U-R. So it's your, um, you are underscore favorite underscore realtor. And I, I believe also if you type in Vladimir Chalski, I think it should be able to um, bring you to my um, IT also. Okay, cool. Those, those, and then you can find me on LinkedIn also. Um, just type in Vladimir Charles Pierre, and then you'll find me on LinkedIn. I'm very easy. Most of my pages are all public, so I don't have anything. Nothing to uh, hide. <laughs> nothing to hide. So I'm very, I'm open book. Any questions that you guys um, have, feel free to, you know, call me if I do my best to help you and guide you towards the right path. Uh, those who think about selling, I, I've been in business for a long time, and a lot of people say, why do you tell people not to sell? Sometimes their motive of selling is not the right time. So I'd rather tell you the right thing to do than trying to make a quick money. 
Because I have a couple of people who've been calling me saying thank you about that also. Like, listen, I didn't tell them to sell to keep it, pass it down to their kids or whatever struggle that they were going for. I made them speak to a loan officer and they were able to help them with their loans, redo certain things. So not all the time selling is the right thing. So I'm we're big on the company is very, very big on helping the community. We, that's why we chose the name Our Community Realty is because we really want to be with the community and help them and guide them and uh, make sure that you know they're doing the right thing for them and their family. And I think that's really important because you know when we think about real estate, a lot of people equate real estate agents like you know to car car salesmen, and so there's sometimes a little distrust when it comes to that. So I think that you know being transparent the way that you guys are and really, you know, being honest and really working in the interest of, you know, the community. I think that that's what will separate your company from the others out there, because sometimes it's not always the best decision to sell. And not many people, not many business people are going to tell them, hey, don't sell, you know, do this, do that with your property. So I think that that's really, really important. I think that that's definitely a, a distinguishing um, characteristic between your company and others. Yes, um, well, yes, we're, we're very, very big on doing consultations uh, for other realtors that are out there. Um, real estate salesperson, as realtor, for you to be a realtor, you have to be part of an association. So let me rephrase that correctly. You, um, for everybody who's licensed real estate salespersons um, or brokers. I strongly suggest to sit down and do consultations with your customers before taking them out to show properties or selling um, their property. It's very, very important to really, you know, educate them on what they're getting themselves into. Uh, my my big thing is, you know, uh, relationship before sale. That's the big thing of our company. I don't even knew you wanted to come do taxes or get a loan or sell your property or buy property, purchase the property. Uh, the relationship is more important. Uh, reason why I say relationship is very important. You might not see my company um, like doing big advertisement and everything, but um, people know my name because of referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 90% of my business I never needed to do any um, advertisement, like major advertisement. Um, except now I'm doing it because it's you know it's a new company and everything, but I never needed to because I always value the relationship that I had with that human being to make sure that everything was done. Did it come to a point where we didn't need to we couldn't do business? Yes, it happened a lot of time where we didn't do business, but they valued um they valued me because I was able to be honest with them and I was able to help them or refer them to somebody else that'd be able to help them. Because I don't want I don't I don't mind turning business down if I know I cannot help them. Yeah, I'd rather tell you the truth and make sure that everything is done and build that relationship. And then those that I couldn't help, we still talk, they still quiet, and they refer. Even though I didn't do business through them, they didn't do business through me, they still refer me to other people because I was very honest with them. So I'm very big on relationship before sales. Okay. Well, Vladimir, I think you definitely gave the people a lot to think about. I think you answered a lot of the questions that many people have going through their minds right now. Again, you know, this pandemic definitely turned a lot of things around for many people, if not everyone. And so I think having a good understanding as to 
you know, what's needed to move forward with either a sale or a purchase, what the market looks like for people who are looking to buy or sell, you know, what are some of the things they should work on? Like we talked a lot about credit. Um, but then I think more importantly, what we got from this conversation is just the importance of research and really arming yourself with the knowledge and, you know, doing business with credible uh, people with integrity, I think is what's really important. So I definitely thank you for taking right. the time to, to, to come and share right. some of your knowledge. I mean, thank you for, 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 you know, blessing me with the opportunity to be on your platform and speak um, my mind. Um, before I go, you know, I would, I would strongly, you know, my, my final thoughts would be, you know, make sure that if you're selling or purchasing that, you know, that's what you really want to do first. Um, you know, you prayed about it. You, that's what you want to do. You went over your numbers. Uh, and the person that you're going to hire to be your agent as either as for purchasing or selling, that that person that you hire was able to educate you and guide you throughout the process. Because if the person could only show you and try to sell you, um, there's a lot of valuable information and things that you're going to miss. So it's better for you to make sure that, you know, whoever you're working with, either it's a local um, agent in your area or somebody that was referred to you, make sure that they took their time to sit down, go over a consultation with you and you're able to learn certain things um, with this. Because I always feel like if you're doing something and you can't learn from it, I don't know what's the purpose of doing it. That's true. I don't know what's the purpose of it. I don't know what's the purpose of it. So to me, again, education is a big key. Uh, if they could, if you could be educated and, and you could educate somebody, that's that's a big thing. So um, you know, people out there, make sure you do your, your homework, research the market, see what's going on in the market, speak to um, local real estate agents, speak to local um banks to see you know about the loans and everything what's going on and then based on that that's when you'll be able to assess what you're what you're planning to do okay well everyone thank you so much for tuning into another episode of according to rp on wjms radio again thank you vladimir for taking the time to be on this platform and sharing your knowledge and with that being said everyone we will talk to you guys next week you were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. I can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online. WJMSRadio.com. Download the new app. Live 365. Listen to the show anywhere. Anywhere, anytime. Download it now. Thank you.